2: Good morning and welcome to your weekend. What an outstanding sports weekend we have. Enjoyed listening to the fellas talk about the U.S. Open. Let's go, Matthew Wolf. We have a big number. Bring it home. The pain of the U.S. Open for the best players in the world. So good. What we're going to witness over the weekend and primetime golf, always a big positive in my world. NBA game sevens for the right to go to the conference semis. Stanley Cup semis, some solid Euro matches today. MLB every day, very strong for mid June on the sports calendar. Broadcasting live from the score Hyundai studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Today, we discuss the MLB divisions close to home, the endless possibilities of that potential Bears move, which would likely include a Soldier Field sports book. But first, all of you Early Odds regulars with me every single Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. You hear me wax poetic, go on and on, talking about the BetQL network in some form or fashion, and there are exciting things happening with the BetQL network. Back when I was uh, doing a regular weeknight show, I would always check in with Ryan Horvat when discussing the Packers, Brewers, anything going on with the Bucks. He'd come on. We talked some uh, Chicago sports, Milwaukee sports, and then we ended up talking about betting. And then he co-hosted a bunch of BetQL daily shows with me over the course of this season. And he has some exciting news to share with everyone. Uh, Horvey. I know uh, all your family in the Chicagoland area, they're all listening because you grew up listening to the station.
3: Yeah, I grew up listening to the station. Joe always wanted to work for the station and, uh, you know, love 670 to score, love Chicago. But man, it's so beautiful Um, Especially because I spent the last couple years in Milwaukee. Not to wake up every morning at 4 a.m. is a beautiful thing. And also to not have to talk every single day. When will Aaron Rodgers show up to camp? Because now we get to talk sports betting for a living. And uh, I got a new show that debuts Monday night, weeknights, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. So it begins 6 p.m. Central Time, obviously, for everybody listening in Chicago. It's called Bet MGM Tonight. I have a co host, Quentin Mayo, who is from the DMV Washington area. He was a sports reporter for the Washington Wizards, hosted a couple shows, uh, Wizards, Outsiders, Wizards pre and post game. And then I come over from uh, Milwaukee and we're going to do BetMGM tonight, which it's going to be awesome, man. Like we're going to be focused on live in-game betting activity, totals, money lines, sides, futures. We're even going to dive into fantasy sports and we get to do it while the games are on. So it's kind of like the red zone channel of sports betting. So really looking forward to that and uh, starting up on Monday night. Finally, don't tell the bosses,
2: but this really isn't work, right? We would be doing this regardless. And I don't know if you've realized this, but I think the best thing for you after doing so many years of uh, covering Milwaukee sports up there, they're sensitive, you know, they're sensitive. If you're talking about the sports betting angles of the upcoming Packers game, you better take the Packers. You better take the Bucks. Yep. How about yep. the Brewers? Badgers, they better cover or they're going to come after you. Now you don't have to do that. I'm wondering if from the start, you're just going to troll the people that follow you up in Wisconsin still. And uh, you're going to go against those teams.
3: Well, I have been, I, I think I've went against the Bucks like every game in the series against the nets. And I will once again, in game seven, hold on, we'll
2: get there. We'll get we'll there. Get-
3: but let me tell you really quick. The best part about this whole thing, man, is like, They in Milwaukee hate Chicago, especially the Cubs, like Miller Park, you know, back in the day, you'd see like fights and they hate Cub fans. And I am a huge Cub fan, but for the last four years, obviously couldn't wear my apparel or a Cubs hat down the street without getting heckled. And so the first thing I did when I got to DC, everybody I meet from DC, nobody's actually born and raised in DC, like from DC. So the first thing I did was went into my box. Took out all my Cub stuff and now I'm able to rep my Chicago teams again. I'm wearing my Tony Kukoc jersey actually right now, as we can see. To <laughs> be a Bulls fan again, it's <laughs> awesome, man. And I don't have to worry and never talk about the Brewers ever
2: again. Thank God. Except uh, so, for when I'm betting
3: them or see
2: see, so you're a pro. We know we can't even prove it. This is an audio medium uh here. But it's not going to be all audio on the BetQL network. You don't even have to prove that you're wearing your old Tony Kukoc jersey. So massive expansion going on with the BetQL network. The Odyssey company has made a significant, a significant investment into sports betting. So you're listening to this show, you're into sports betting. You need to be checking out the BetQL network. We're going from two shows out to four. There's already You Bet or You Bet. My show, BetQL Daily. And now we're going out to four shows, we're going to have a morning show and the evening show that Horvat is discussing seven hours out to 14 hours a day. So it is the place for you if you're into sports betting at all. Uh, a lot of great things on the horizon. My full time co-host uh, Horvey was one of the many co-hosts that I've had this year, but I'm going to have one five-day-a-week co-host. That will be announced Monday, along with the expansion of this network. So it's just terrific news for everyone involved. And I love that we're part of a company, Horvat, that is at the forefront of this, really jumping in with both feet as we're getting primed for football season.
3: Yeah, and I'm so jacked for football season, and I'm glad that we're going to be able to launch before football season. And even Monday, you know, like we're going to be live on the air when the conference finals start in the NBA, which is awesome, like all summer long during baseball season. And like you said, I'm just really jacked to get going. And it's crazy because like when I first got into sports talk radio, uh, I went to the program director in Milwaukee and I was like, you know, even on the weekends, I think I should do a sports betting show because there's tons of interest. And I was told, ah, there's no market for that here, you know, obviously. It's, it's it's not legal here, this and that. And now, man, it's blowing up. And um, I'm really glad to be a part of it. And again, like I will always love sports talk radio and like the traditional, you know, sports talk, but this is awesome. It, it really is. And this is what I'm into making money and trying to make other people money, player props, stuff like that. So it's awesome that we're launching and ready to go for conference finals. And I can't wait. As you know, I'm a huge college football fan uh, because, I try to talk about college football and have been for the last four months. And you were like way too early. Stop. Just stop. Yeah. We don't even
2: have Heisman odds. Just please stop. I can't, I can't do this right now. I mean, the COVID college football season was tough enough. I can't just, Yeah. I can't be ready to dive right in three, four months out ahead. Right. Right. But I'm ready to get going, man. And it's going to be awesome. All right. Great. So, MGM Tonight, that's Ryan Horvath's show. It is going to air 6 to 10 p.m. Central Time, 6 to 10 p.m. Central Time. BetQL Daily is still the name of my show, the co-host to be named on Monday morning, but it's going to have a new time. Instead of 9 a.m. to noon, we are moving up an hour. It is going to be 8 to 11 a.m. Both of these shows you can get Anytime on the odyssey app i'm proud of you man this is great news for everyone involved and you earned it you proved uh this year when you were doing all those sports betting shows with me on the betql network that you can hack it that you can run a show yourself and you got your show so i'm looking forward to what you guys are able to create uh with mgm tonight this is early odds with joe ostrowski sports radio 670 the score my guest is ryan horvat of the betql Network. All right, Ryan, you just said a moment ago that you've been betting on the Nets every game this series. See, the way I look at it is I wish game seven was like game six. And what I mean by that is I thought game six was incredibly easy to read uh, on my show I was saying, look, you got to go. Bucks first quarter Bucks first half look how they've played throughout the year and during the playoffs at home and they're the desperate team and and they cover the outside spread that was out there a lot of people are jumping on the net side think it is too many points against Durant no no it was it was Bucks wire to wire in that game Middleton goes off. Don't think you can expect that to happen again. And and you had to see some regression after Kevin Durant played all 48 minutes, and you did, and there was no way Jeff Green was going to repeat 27 points, and he went well under his point total. So I, I thought I had a really good read on game six. Turns out I did. It was a profitable evening. The problem is for tonight's game seven, I don't know what to think, Horvey. Do you feel like you have a good read? I mean, the point spread is telling us Hey, it's a coin flip game. Coin flip game is everyone's going to be picking uh, probably the Nets because you're going to have Durant and Harden, and it's Game Seven plus they're at home.
3: Yeah, man, and I just I can't see this Nets team as beat up as they are, and there will be no Kyrie and James Harden looked a little bit better, uh, you know, in Game Six, but still, man, like he just doesn't have it right now. And I mean, that's a great point. Like I was thinking the same thing in Game Six. Like Durant played every single minute. Uh, went off. That was probably a top five playoff performance, I think, in NBA history. He was so damn good. So obviously he was going to be a little gassed. I did play the Bucs in the first half, but I can't bet against this Nets team because I can't bet against Kevin Durant. Like Giannis is a two-time MVP. He's the defensive player of the year, but he's just not on the same level as Kevin Durant. I think that this series has proven that. Yeah, he had a great game six, but I just really can't bet against this Nets team, especially when it goes back to Brooklyn. I was actually kind of surprised. That it's pretty much a pick'. And then I was even more surprised at the total, which opened up 215 and a half as I look here this morning on Saturday sitting there around you know 215 depending where you're looking. It's like they finally adjusted that total because these games keep flying under. under. I think it's going to be another defensive battle. I think that it's going to be a low scoring game, but I'm gonna take the Nets. I'm gonna take the Nets to win tonight. I have a Nets NBA Finals future, which I am a little nervous about, obviously with their health. I also have the Nets to represent the East in the NBA Finals. So I'm already all on them. So the only other thing that I was thinking is maybe if I wanted to hedge and not just get completely destroyed, maybe go with the Bucs tonight. Because, damn, they looked good. I mean, Middleton had his best game of the series. Drew Holiday also had his best game of the series. And Bud didn't get outcoached. Coach Budenholzer didn't get outcoached by uh, Steve Nash so much this time. But still, man, like, I just think – When it comes down to it tonight, I I can't bet against the Nets. And I do think that they win this series. And I still think they win the finals, to be honest with you.
2: It was pretty funny because we spent the entire regular season and the first round of the playoffs saying the West is better, West is deeper, And they're better at the very top as well. Better just across the board. And the East only has a few teams that are really good. And then Brooklyn started to separate themselves from the pack. And now they're dealing with all these injuries. As Harden is working his way back, going through his struggles on the court. And Kyrie is still sidelined for the moment. And then in the second round, it flipped. LeBron and the Lakers are out. The MVP, Jokic, is out. And then all of a sudden, the Eastern Conference became the stronger conference. I can't argue with people that say the winner of Game 7 tonight, Brooklyn and Milwaukee— is going to take the title. I mean, one thing that you can say on the Milwaukee side for damn sure is that they are as healthy as anybody. As long as Chris Paul is available to play, the Suns are on the short list of teams that are healthy. Uh, Also, the Milwaukee Bucks, we know about DiVincenzo, but it's DiVincenzo. It's not like we're talking about Giannis, Middleton, or Holiday. And also, uh, Atlanta's been another healthy one.
3: Yeah, yeah, Atlanta and then Milwaukee. But I completely agree. I think whoever wins game seven, like if Milwaukee does get past the Nets, I think they have a realistic shot. at winning a championship, something they haven't done since the seventies. And I know that obviously the people in Milwaukee would love it, but because of what you just said right there, the health, I mean, the playoffs have been great because there is some parody, but like at the same time, the playoffs have kind of stunk just because of these injuries, like, you know, Donovan Mitchell injured. And even the guys that are playing are hobbled right now, Joel Embiid dealing with a meniscus injury. And it's kind of, you know, taking away some of the fun. And if you look at Milwaukee, they are completely healthy. Now, DiVincenzo, they miss him for his defensive effort, but he's been easily replaceable in that starting lineup. And they're still trying to figure out their rotations. Like Bobby Portis hasn't got off the bench the last two games for the Bucs. That's how healthy they are. They're not even playing all their guys right now. And Mike Budenholzer has finally realized to winning in the playoffs, you have to shorten up your rotations. Like Giannis can only play 33, 34 minutes. You saw Game five, Kevin Durant did not sit. He played that entire game. Hell, Harden almost played the entire game, and he could barely move out there. So finally, Bud has realized, oh, well, I'm coaching for my job. I don't need to go 12, 13 deep in the playoffs. Pat Connaughton doesn't need to play 35 minutes in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But the Bucks are healthy, man, and if they could get what they got out of Chris Middleton, you know, he doesn't need to drop 33, 34 points, but if they could get 25 from him, if they could get 22, 23 from Drew Holiday, I yep. think that's a realistic shot at not only beating the Nets, but winning the championship just because they're one of the healthier teams. And the addition of Drew Holiday was just such an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Even when he struggles offensively, he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league.
2: It really feels like the linchpin of the entire series has been Chris Middleton, as obscure as that sounds. With Giannis, you know what you're getting every single night. He's a 30-10 and machine, right? Uh, Middleton, he's off in the first couple of games, couldn't hit an outside shot. Nets win easily. He gets home. He starts hitting a shot. Same thing in game number six. Bucks win. And middleton has been the key. Which middleton are you going to get on the road in game seven uh this evening? If this game was up in Milwaukee, if they did enough to get the two seed during yeah. the regular season, I think both of us would be saying Bucks are gonna finally win it.
3: Yeah, exactly, man. Like that was. And, you know, I always say, ah, oh, the regular season doesn't really matter. But for the Bucks, that's the reason they weren't resting and using load management down the stretch. They really wanted that two seed, just couldn't get it. If this game's in Milwaukee, I'd probably look at Milwaukee side. But just going yeah. back to Brooklyn, ah, that's that's a tough one. And the Bucs on the road, again, I think the Nets win. But I do think that yeah. the Bucks have a chance, man.
2: Shout out to the person in charge of the music that decided to play as game six was wrapping, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. I thought that was an awesome choice.
3: I did too. I thought that (laughs) That was phenomenal. I will get,
2: I rip on people up in Milwaukee plenty, but I thought that was a fantastic move. Yeah. And man, the
3: atmosphere at that game was ridiculous too. They did a good job building that arena, the Pfizer forum, man, a big upgrade over the Bradley center. And as you saw last night, the deer district is like the closest thing to like being in Wrigleyville. Like as far as game atmosphere, like the parties, they have the big projector screen and just Billions of people, it seemed like we were there yesterday. That was the best thing, man. Is like we've had sports back for a little bit. Like we had an NFL season, and I'm not going to complain, but there were no fans, obviously. It yep. just feels like now, like everything's real and normal again. And seeing that was pretty cool. Like, say what you want about the people in Milwaukee, Wisconsin sports fans are just absolutely tortured. So they do deserve this. I just don't think they're getting it tonight, but we'll
2: see, man. Yeah. If Middleton could go off for 30, 32 points, who knows? What makes the playoffs so great? is these small sample sizes matter like, during the regular season. Oh, small sample size. Don't worry about that. Small sample size. Well, these small sample sizes get people fired in Boston late this week. You run into the Brooklyn nets in the playoffs, but th- there was something off there with the Celtics yeah. all season long. They make moves in the front office. Then they start trading Kemba Walker. If the Milwaukee Bucks lose tonight that means you don't get to the conference finals even though you're running into the nets and you push it to seven games we could be talking about mike budenholzer is fired and hired is rick carlisle
3: yeah yeah exactly i said the same thing yesterday man like if the bucks lose game seven tonight i could see bud fired on monday because i mean we've heard this all season long like it's conference finals at least to save his job. And I would say NBA finals, like, especially with how things have played out, Philly blowing a 26 point lead and injury, Ben Simmons, forgetting how to play basketball. Cause they're the number one seed. And then Brooklyn, they're not these two teams and the, and the Bucks are a good team, but you saw game one and two, like when the nets were fully healthy and they've never really were fully healthy. Cause obviously Harden left, but this series looked like there's a good chance. I thought that the Bucks were going to get swept or maybe it was going to be a gentleman sweep and they lose in five. These teams not on the same level when fully healthy because the Nets formed a super team. But man, they're beat up right now. So if the Bucs aren't able to get the job done tonight, there's no excuse. You can't say, oh, you ran into the Nets and Kevin Durant, the best player on the planet. Because, yeah, you did run into Kevin Durant, the best player on the planet. But you also have the two-time MVP, the defensive player of the year and Giannis. You know, you have Chris Middleton who's making max money. And you traded away your next five years draft picks to bring in Drew Holiday, who was supposed to be this huge upgrade over Bledsoe. Kyrie's not most likely not going to be playing in this game. Harden's hobbled, so there's no excuses. If you ran into a net, healthy Nets team, maybe you say, oh, we could bring Bud back, maybe add a, a player or two. The other thing is, so Bud would be gone, but also what do you do with this roster? Do you trade Chris Middleton and try to get another sidekick for Giannis? Drew Holiday's probably not going anywhere. But as bad as Bud's been in the playoffs, at the same time, like the players are the ones out there on the floor. And if Giannis is only going to hit 50% of his free throws, and if Middleton's going to have those games where he goes four of 18, four of 19, I don't know if just yeah. changing the coach will be good enough, especially because like the Nets are only going to be better next year. They're going to add other pieces and they're going to be healthy. Le- you know, out West, LeBron had his first, first round playoff exit ever. You know, he's getting another superstar. So, I just think that the league's going to be even tougher next year. It's going to be tougher to win. So if they don't win tonight, the Bucs, I think Bud's gone probably by Monday.
2: Middleton with a playoff career high, 38 points in game number six. Got to think on the road that he's not going to repeat that type of performance. It was a 25 and a half point prop the other day. So maybe that climbs a little bit. I would certainly uh, consider jumping on the under there. Any player props that you'll be targeting?
3: I'll be looking at Drew Holiday probably over on the assists. Seven and a half is usually where they set that number. So I'll probably be on Holiday assists. Uh, On game six, I was on uh, Giannis points, and that didn't go very well. But if you were on Middleton and Holiday, then you were on the right side. Uh, uh, Harden. Harden. What about Harden? So Harden, I was on – I got it at 15 and a half, man. I'd probably be on Harden, maybe over threes, um, under assists, over points is what I'd probably look at. Harden's going to have to show up in this game tonight. Like Harden's going to have to drop a minimum of 25 points. If, unless Kevin Durant puts on another performance like he did in game five. And as great as he is and as capable as he is, I don't know if he's putting up that type of performance. So those would be the guys I'd look to target tonight. And then, of course, Brooke Lopez over one and a half three is always a strong play. He forgets that he's seven foot one. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he- over that three point line chucks him up.
2: He was 0-3 the other night. I doubt that happens again. If you're going over, look at some of the stars. If you're going under, maybe look at some of the role players, right? I think that's a a fair strategy. Game number seven. Um, If you're playing Kevin Durant 48 minutes in game five, well, you're probably going to play close to 48 minutes in game number seven unless there's some sort of separation in that game. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score? Uh, on this Saturday morning. My guest is Ryan Horvat. He's got a brand new show, Bet MGM Tonight. It debuts on Monday evening at 6 o'clock on the BetQL network. So you grew up in the Chicagoland area. You cover Milwaukee sports forever. I've got to hit you with the NFC North odds uh, before you break here. Aaron Rodgers, number one story in the NFL. Now, the NFC North odds uh, over at PointsBet, have the Packers as the favorite. That makes sense to me. Packers minus 125. The second favorite is? Which team, horvy The second favorite would be the Minnesota Vikings. Correct. Plus 250. Bears the third favorite at plus 350. Lions a long shot. Don't waste your money. They wow. might be tanking this season with a rookie head coach biting off kneecaps and with Jared Goff as the QB. Anthony Lynn on the coaching staff. Have fun with all that. Where's the value here?
3: Well, the value is probably the Chicago Bears, right? I mean, especially yep. if Justin Fields is going to be the starting quarterback. Hell, even if Andy Dalton's the starting quarterback, Detroit's probably going to win. No more than four games. They're going to be tanking. But I'd still play the Packers because I do think Aaron Rodgers is coming back. And I think that because they continue to say Brian Gudekins, the general manager, Mark Murphy, the team president, as dumb as those guys are and as bad at their jobs as they are, they continue to say the same things over and over. We're not trading Aaron Rodgers. And I think at the end of the day, man, even if it's preseason game number two, Rodgers is going to miss the sport. He's going to miss his teammates. He's going to, he's the MVP of the league. He just threw 48 touchdown passes. And also I think the thing that's going to, the real reason. So he's playing in the match coming up. What is that? July 6th, July 7th, whatever it is, right? He's going to be out there. Brady's going to be trash talking him. You have to look at how the last two seasons ended for Aaron Rodgers. NFC championship loss to San Francisco, where they got beat by like a hundred points and gave up 400 yards on the ground. And then last year, the season ends with a loss to the Buccaneers at home at Lambeau field and Aaron Rodgers threw three straight incomplete passes in the red zone. And they kicked that field goal. I think that's going to eat him up. And I think at the end of the day, he's going to be back in green Bay for at least one more season. So I would play the Packers. I would play the bears. I'm completely out on the Vikings. Like, obviously I don't believe play out. In the offense. I mean, I, I, I find that crazy. Like, I, I think that that number is ridiculous. So it would be the value play would be Chicago My smart play, I would still go with the Packers because I do think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback. And I don't think there's any chance that he's traded to Denver or, you know, Las Vegas or anywhere like that in the AFC.
2: I don't care what Matt Negie is saying about the QB one in June. We haven't even started camp and people are overreacting to, uh, Neggy saying that our, the week one quarterback is going to be Andy Dalton. Well, yeah. Didn't you expect that when you saw it's going to be Sunday night football against Aaron Donald and that Rams defense, of course, it's going to be Andy Dalton. They're not going to throw Justin Fields to the wolves in week one. But it doesn't mean that Fields isn't going to play 16 games for this team. That possibility is out there. Uh, Matt Nagy will not stick with the bad quarterback. He will actually have another option to go to. It's not like Trubisky-Foles or Trubisky-Glennon and in the past. He's going to have multiple options there. They might have the the deepest uh, quarterback room. Not the best, but maybe the deepest to start
3: exactly which is crazy to say isn't it like especially after obviously the last what 30 40 years but
2: yeah but in the end the win total seven and a half in a 17 game season so the books are thinking okay they they'll probably be below 500 but they can shock people they did in matt nagy's first year so if justin fields is given the opportunity Uh, Bears are alive to win the division. I I, I agree with you 100% on Minnesota, man. At the very least, the Bears should be the second favorite. It's all about the offense. How much better can the offense get because they're going to have to help the defense a little bit with Kyle Fuller leaving town and everyone else on the roster a year older?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the defense will probably take a step back, and I still think, though, that it'll be probably one of the top defenses, I mean, at least in the division. I mean, Green Bay has improved a little bit defensively. Um, You know, they drafted a corner with their first-round pick, as they always do. The value play is the Bears, and, like, all they have to do is improve offensively, and they can't get any worse. I just – I want to see Justin Fields out there week one. Like, you know what you have in Andy Dalton, right? Like, Andy Dalton could win you eight, nine games in the right system but we don't know what you have in Justin Fields. Like maybe maybe he puts together a season like Russell Wilson did that rookie, his rookie year in Seattle. And also you got to get Fields out, like you traded up for him, right? And you want to get him on the field now. Like that's the benefit of drafting a rookie quarterback and playing him on that rookie deal is then you could pay other dudes. And I get this is a weird offseason because because of, we're coming out of a pandemic and what happened financially and whatnot. But still like get him on the field and let's see what he could do because his ceiling is obviously much higher than Andy Dalton's.
2: Look at us. We're on 670, the score, talking Plus. about our favorite teams. You're, you're talking about if the Bucks can go and win a championship. We're saying, hey, is it going to be the Packers or the Bears in the NFC North? So let's end with this. Is it going to be the Cubs or the Brewers in the NL Central?
3: God, I hope it's the Cubs, man. But don't you just see them, <laughs> don't you just see them fading away here down the stretch. Also, like, what are they going to yeah. do with the deadline? Now they're going to be buyers. So then what happens in the off season is Chris Bryan, a cub next year. Is Javi Baez a cub next year? Is Anthony Rizzo a cub next year? Wilson Contreras for a team with so many question marks. I'm just happy that here we sit and it's June 19th, man, Saturday. And it's like the Cubs are relevant enough where I could watch baseball every day, because I thought at this point they would be Mm -hmm. right there next to Pittsburgh, especially with this like with this pitching staff. I mean, you trade you Darvish and you bring in Zach Davies. I had very low expectations, so they've already, uh, exceeded those. And I mean, I'm just glad that I get to watch the Cubs every day and they're actually somewhat relevant, but I mean, I think in the long run, ah, see, I still think that it's going to be the Cardinals, man. I just think that
2: no, not I mean, with that rotation. Well, Come the
3: rotation's on. terrible and the bullpen's even worse, but I just, I don't know, like the last 30 years have just proven to me that the Cardinals always find a way at the end. I feel, I don't know. I see the Cubs fading away a little bit. So I guess, if between those two teams, I, man, I hate to say it, but probably the Brewers. Although, I don't know, man. Yellich is just not the same guy he was a couple of years ago. But that rotation is ridiculous with Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and then, of course, Corbin Burns. If they're able to stay healthy, and then that bullpen as well. Add some
2: bats. Add some bats, and then what we what can talk. Do. But
3: that, but that's the thing. Like, this offseason, look what they did. Like, their offseason moves were Colton Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr., two gold glovers, when you had the third-worst offense in Major League Baseball, in the National League. so.
2: I didn't really understand those moves exactly at a bat. Well, they might for a rental. They could do that for a rental and that could change things a little bit. But a lot of times we uh, kind of overreact when we see offensive additions late in the season, because in a two month sample, you could easily struggle and hit 200 and then be like, Hey, what did we give yeah. up all those prospects for? We got absolutely nothing out of it. Uh, did that feel good by the way, a couple minutes ago, God, I hope it's the Cubs. Like, have you ever said that on the air? Oh no, never,
3: <laughs> never. So, they
2: would have ran me out of town. But
3: yeah, it feels good. It feels good just you know being able to walk around town, throw on a Cubs hat, and <laughs> here in DC, man, I even found those, there's Cub bars. Like there's a lot of Cub fans here, so I fit right in.
2: Awesome, man. Best of luck with the new show. I'm sure uh, we'll be on each other's shows on yeah. the BetQL network. Uh, his show MGM Tonight starts Monday, 6 p.m. Thanks, Horvat. Thanks, Joe. Chicago guy Ryan Horvat. Horvat. It took me months after working with him to get the name right. Now I got it right. It's not Horvat. It's Horvat. Uh, He moved his life from Milwaukee to D.C. to be a teammate on the BetQL network. My permanent co-host will be announced on Monday morning show a new time for that show. BetQL daily weekdays. 8 to 11 a.m. We're moving up an hour. 8 to 11 a.m. You can find it on the Odyssey app, Odyssey Sports YouTube page, and here in Chicago on 105.9 FM, HD2 The Bet. Are the Bears really moving to the burbs? Early odds regular Jim Miller has some insight after spending decades in the horse racing industry. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings, 8 to 9, on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. You've got Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturday mornings, 8 to 9, Sports Radio 670, The Score, and The Odyssey app. Weekly contributor, Jim Miller. He's always a great guest, but he can lend some of his expertise into the Bears and what they're going to do and where they should be playing their football in the future. So let's bring on Jim. At Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim has been in the horse racing industry. Don't mean to age you. Jim, but
4: 27
2: years, 27 years, right?
4: Think about this, Joe. Normally when you talk Jim Miller and the Bears, you're thinking quarterback. And uh, I'm definitely not that <laughs> man. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, 27 years in the industry. I started my career at Arlington Park. I, I know that property very well. We've talked about the potential of the Bears exploring their options there. It makes so much sense. And now you get the news that this could be a real possibility. Yeah, I did a double take. It's
2: something we've talked about. I don't know, maybe our entire lives, decade after decade, you see the links, you see the stories pop up, but I did one of those double takes when the bears put it out there. Hey, we submitted a bid to purchase the Arlington international Racecourse property. So does points bed have a prop on when the bears are going to start playing in Arlington Heights? Uh, that would be
4: a great prop to put an over under and determine how many years or what season they're going to be there. I mean, yeah, the points Bed sports books that are located, you got one that's only 10 miles away from Arlington park. That would be interesting to see, Joe. But here, you think about it, there's precedent for this. And people that may live outside of the area don't realize that. But Churchill Downs has done this before. Churchill Downs took over ownership of Hollywood Park out in the L.A. area, sold Hollywood Park to what they called a the land developer at the time, raced there for a few more years. Next thing you know, it's the new home to the L.A. Rams, and it's a gorgeous billion-dollar stadium. That's where Hollywood Park sat. So. The model follows, it's worked out well for a publicly traded company like Churchill Downs and makes a lot of sense if this does occur.
2: For most of us, it's about convenience. How could we make life easier? And would anybody really be bothered if the Chicago Bears are playing in Arlington Heights? You look at some of the newer stadiums throughout the league, and that's happening a lot of places. Where can I find some space? And they have some space in Arlington Heights, 326 acres. I don't know about you, Jim, but uh, over the years at Soldier Field, I mean, even back at the old Soldier Field, when my dad had season tickets, it was always inconvenient, would always get excited about going down to the Bears game. And uh, my uncle actually had a boat on the lake there and we would go right to the boat. And I'm not complaining at all. But one of the reasons we would go to the boat and hang out and listen to the Bears post game and watch the other games going on is because we're waiting three to four hours for traffic to die down a bit. And there's no
4: easy way in there. I mean, I, I'm in the wow. South Suburbs. So, to go into I 55, you get about five miles away and it's a standstill going all the way into the stadium. Even if you take the train, there's still a bit of a walk from the train to get there. Boat is almost the easiest and most convenient way to go. Mm-hmm. So, you look at that. You also look at the fact that the Bears don't own their stadium. So, yes. they're sharing in revenue. They're not able to improve their team as much because they're not getting as much out of the use of the stadium. So, When you look at something like a blank slate like Arlington Park, the potential to have a roof, the potential to develop it exactly how you want. You have a metro station right there. You have a highway right there. You have a lot of land to control so much parking right there, too. And you can use this facility for events year round instead of just when you're an open air facility. You have to kind of dictate what the weather tells you. It just it makes so much sense. Joe, it would be very sad on the racing end of things to lose a place like Arlington Park. When you're talking the Bears, it makes all the sense in the world.
2: Unfortunately, it feels like uh, that's already done. That's a done deal. But why are we always talking about going to our neighboring state in Indiana to Indianapolis for these premier events? The Super Bowl, Final Four, great spot for the Big Ten Tournament. Why not at Soldier Field in Arlington Heights? You could do all of that stuff. There, just it makes too much sense. Years ago, I don't think the city would have gone for it, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot not going for it. Hey, we got the lease till twenty thirty three. Take it easy, Bears. You're not going anywhere. Uh, by the way, your team still stinks. So, uh, fix the quarterback position, and the head coach is awful
4: too. That was a kind of an interesting take as well, too, coming out of there. I mean, there there, there was a little bit of anger coming out of there as well. Oh, Here's the thing. <laughs> you you look at it, the New York Jets and New York Giants play in New Jersey. The 49ers play 40 miles outside of San Francisco. I've been to the field where the Arizona Cardinals play. They're not in downtown Phoenix. I mean, there, there are stadiums all over the place that are not in the city that they're even named for. But you look at the geographical location, there's so many more people here in this area in the state of Illinois than there are when you're hosting these huge events in Indianapolis. Imagine what you could do for these locations. You can have a location that can seat almost 100,000 people And Joe, you're talking final fours, you're talking football, you're talking major events. Think about like, or even like a WrestleMania entertainment events, concerts, anything you can do. And you can do this year round at a location like that. It just, it makes too much sense for everyone involved.
2: How about the 12 team college football playoff right here in Illinois? It's a possibility. Yeah. So many opportunities. Our audience knows how you feel about no more horse racing At Arlington Racetrack, but this could uh, put a positive spin on things in the end.
4: I mean, it really could. I mean, here's the thing too, Joe, is things are very busy at Hawthorne on that end of things because we're putting a casino in. We're putting a full Vegas style sportsbook in and renovating our facility for horse racing. And we're not spending a small chunk of change here. We're spending over $400 million on this project. So this is a massive project going on at Hawthorne Racecourse, and it is going to rejuvenate racing in the state of Illinois. There's still the option within the legislation out there for another harness track to come into existence as well. So racing will be just fine if they're not racing at Arlington Park. Hawthorne has a long history, 130 years of racing at Hawthorne as well. The Kerry family does things so well there. So on the racing end of things, yes. This is a huge bump in the road, and you lose a marquee facility if this is the case then and the route that they choose to go. But racing is still going to be very strong in the state of Illinois, and it's going to improve once that casino opens at Hawthorne, too. So there are brighter times ahead, and there could be brighter times ahead for both racing and the Bears, so why not take advantage of both of them?
2: And Jim, I was so excited when they passed that legislation a couple of years ago because all the movement seemed to be something coming to the south suburbs, which is uh, where I reside. You as well. Uh, anything that you've heard on that front about a new racetrack?
4: You know what? It's more hopes than anything right now. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody's exploring any of their options out there. When you think about the logistics, Joe, again, it makes sense because you used to have racing at Balmoral Park and Crete. You have a lot of Illinois horsemen on the harness and the things that reside down at the Illinois State Fairgrounds in Springfield. So something in the south suburbs would make a lot of sense for the industry. It's an area that would make make sense for gaming, too. I'm hopeful that we're hearing some news on a location in the south suburbs soon. I think that would be awesome. And uh, mm-hmm. it just it makes too much sense to have that as a perfect location there.
2: $400 million you guys are spending over at Hawthorne Racecourse. Any clue on a timeline, a realistic timeline for the
4: people? Uh, everything that we've been able to tell the horsemen is you're going to expect to start to see some income into your purse money by the third or fourth quarter of next year. And what that means is by that point, you're going to have everything open. You're going to have a casino open, a sports book open, a racing venue open. So our timeline is a pretty tight timeline, which is a good thing. I mean, you're going through all the architectural work right now and the blueprints upon blueprints upon blueprints. When you're doing a facility like this, it's nice to have all of that finalized. So things are really going to start kicking into gear here very soon. But I would say by the third or fourth quarter of next year, you're going to see everything up and running and and we'll be full steam ahead.
2: All right. Some really good information there. And hopefully the bears are not just playing games. They're actually looking at moving out to the suburbs. It sounds like the majority of our score listeners would be very pleased with that. Uh, Jim, we can't have a conversation with you and not get some
4: picks. What do we think about the horses today? All right, we got three horses today, and we're going to look to the west coast for a couple of them and north of the border for the other. So we'll go to Santa Anita, race number nine, bet the two, none above the law across the board. This is a horse that loves the turf course there. Then go Santa Anita, race 10, bet the five, I'm So Anna across the board. This is a speed horse that has stakes win in its last out. Then we're going to go to Woodbine in Canada, race number nine, the seven, Artie's Princess across the board, another one that likes the track. All of them hopefully will provide a little bit of value, too.
2: Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, remind the people where they can find the Points Bet Sportsbook locations.
4: Yeah, three of those locations. One of them open each and every day at Hawthorne Racecourse in the northern suburbs at our Prospect Heights OTB. And if you go to the southern suburbs, you're going to be at our Crestwood location. It's a gorgeous location, and they're open each and every day. Talk next Saturday, Jim. You got it. Thanks, Joe. The score listener line is open 24-7, 365,
2: empowered by BetQL, bet smarter, and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670. The score, follow me, tweet me, at Joe0670, at Joe0670. All of the info of my new BetQL daily co-host there on Monday morning, so follow me, be the first to find out on Monday. Let's hit on some MLB division races next. You've got 670, the score, and the Odyssey app. Best of luck with all your weekend bets and to all the little leaguers with playoff or tournament games. Playoffs start for us today. Going down, Team Green. Going down. Not going to bet on it. Promise. I think. On yesterday's BetQL Daily, my co-host was WIP's Joe Giglio out of Philadelphia and we bounced around on baseball's division races, starting with the NL Central. Take a listen. What wasn't making sense for a while was the Cardinals' record to start the season. When they were near the top for so long, larger sample size, they completely free-fall, and now they're sitting in fourth place.
1: Yeah, they are. And that, that it's starting to feel like that is a... I was going to say I'm going to say a two team race that the the Cubs and the Brewers feel like that's the race in that division. And I still lean Milwaukee's pitching because it's so good from top to bottom. I I think they're going to be the best team. And I I bet them before the year to win the division. What do you make of the, the Reds, Joe? I mean, the Reds are a team. They made the playoffs last year. Bauer left. Every year, I whenever I think about them, it's the opposite. I think they have pitching, they can't pitch, they hit. I think they can't hit, then it's the opposite. But yep. they're 35 and 32. 35 and 32 right now. And they're only three back in this division. I can't figure out the Reds. I haven't been able to figure out in a long time.
2: Reds fans are begging them, please help us out. Get us some pitching at the deadline. You see the issue. I was optimistic about Cincinnati coming into the season because uh, with that lineup, it felt like over the two-month sample last season that just everything that could go wrong offensively went wrong. They had not the good pitching, the elite pitching. And this year, they're getting some elite hitting. And as you mentioned, uh, the pitching has been the problem. Can you get average? Can you get average with your pitching? If you can, uh, you're going to be in the mix. It's there for them. It's there for them. You said it It feels like a two-team race, and I do agree with you. However. There are four games separating four teams in that division, so it, it could end up being a, a three-team race.
1: It could be, Joe. I'm looking right now at the futures here, uh, World Series future. I, I want to. I, we talked, talked about a team yesterday. I'm going to throw it at you right now. H- how far into a season for you do you have to go where where something changes significantly and you say, "Man, I don't think that team's that good," but the results are telling me they are. The San Francisco Giants right now are 44 and 25. Yet you look at the World Series futures, and I understand the division they're in, and it's going to be difficult to win that division, but there's still a path to a wild card for you know second and third place in that division. Plus 3,300 right now. Like they are behind the Blue Jays who have a negative run differential and play in the AL East and have a losing record. It feels like, and it's crept up a little bit. This was a different, the odds were a little different a couple weeks ago, but mm-hmm. it still seems like the odds makers were saying, and the market is saying, no shot on the Giants, yet, it's almost July, and here they are with the best record in baseball.
2: Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, they were still leading the division. It was a tough part of the schedule, and they had a bunch of games coming up against the Dodgers. And at that point, they were still 50-1 to to win the division. This is a few weeks ago. When we're around Memorial Day, when that's when that's uh, the point in the season, when most executives say, "Okay, we can start to figure out what we have. That's a large enough sample, about a third of the way through the season, still 50 to one to win the division. And right now you look at the market, they're about eight to one. So, well, I think you're right, like. They're not completely buying in, but they don't want to have them sitting at 50-1 to because they're clear-cut in, in that playoff picture right now. They're still ahead of both the Dodgers and the Padres. Am I a believer? Now, I don't think they're going to win, but that was certainly a bet at double digits just to win the division with the with the way they played. We're, we're waiting. We're still waiting for it to fall apart, and as we get close to the halfway mark, it hasn't happened yet.
1: It hasn't, and in terms of – the, the division, the Dodgers, probably still should be the favorite. Like they're so deep and they're so good. And they've been doing this for years. But that, that World Series number just sticks out to me because the odds are three NL West teams are going to make the playoffs. So, like the idea of them missing out on the playoffs now, it would take a pretty sizable collapse. Like you look at the wild card standings. So the right now, Milwaukee at 38 and 31 is the second wild card. The Giants are clear of that. By a good six games, it feels like they're going to go to the playoffs, uh, barring some significant injuries. And they have some older players. It's just interesting to me to see so many teams that I don't think are any good. St. Louis, Toronto, Atlanta has been bad this year, and they're ahead of them. It, you know, the, the idea of them winning the World Series—it's it's a long shot right now with the odds. Yet your eyes and the standings tell you it's not that crazy.
2: That's Joe Giulio with me on BetQL Daily. Weekdays on the BetQL network, a time change starting on Monday, 8 to 11 a.m. on the Odyssey app, Odyssey.com, and 1059 FM HG to the Bet. If you missed any of Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski this morning, use the rewind feature on the Odyssey app or simply subscribe to the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast. Talk Monday on BetQL Daily again. It's now an hour earlier, 8 to 11 a.m. Inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Hod. Next, cash some tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.